There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Whether it's on the gridiron. For the end zone, it's Jefferson who's got the touchdown. On the court. Edwards thinking three and popping a three. On the ice. It's Caprice up with an open net. Or on the diamond. Buxton hammers that to left field. Another Minnesota home run. Whether it's positive. I think this is a good enough roster to make the playoffs. Or negative. He's terrible. Awful. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Whether there's optimism. Hey, they might be able to even make it to a conference final. Or pessimism. Don't expect me to be super excited. I mean, I don't know. Does this really do much for anybody? There's always something to chat about. Shout out to Minnesota Sports Chat. Keep on being elite. If you're looking for fun, informative, discussion on all things Minnesota sports, you've come to the right place. This is Minnesota Sports Chat, and now, here's your host, Ross Brendo. Well, here we go, edition number 134 of the soon-to-be award-winning Award-winning, if only in my own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat. Welcome aboard and welcome into the Minnesota Sports Chat experience. Jonathan Harrison in just moments to talk Minnesota United and Minnesota Vikings. First, a reminder, please rate and review Minnesota Sports Chat. It's not even a reminder. It's downright begging. Rate and review Minnesota Sports Chat on Apple and Spotify. And please make sure you tell your family and friends all about the pod. That's really the best thing you can do for me. And again, thank you for finding Minnesota Sports Chat. You can also find me on that Twitter machine. I am at Brendel Ross, B-R-E-N-D-E-L-R-O-S-S. You can email the pod to minnesotasportschat at gmail.com, minnesotasportschat at gmail.com. Jonathan Harrison is the host of the Minnesota United pre- and post-match show on 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com, and the Score North mobile app. And he joins Minnesota Sports Chat right now. Jonathan, great to have you back. Great to hear from you. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good. How are you, sir? I can't complain one bit. I honestly can't. The Loons are in the playoffs. The Minnesota Vikings are... Somehow, some way, four and one, and I'm going to defer it to you, John Harrison. Would you like to start with your soon-to-be Super Bowl champion Minnesota Vikings, or your soon-to-be MLS champion Minnesota United? Where would you like to start? Paychecks would probably like to start with Minnesota United, but it's a Monday. You can't really not start with the Vikings as they're four and one. So let's start there. All right, we'll start with the Minnesota Vikings, and we'll start with this. 11th play of this Minnesota drive is a Dalvin Cook walk-in touchdown. That walk-in touchdown made it 14 to nothing. Minnesota Vikings technically 13. Greg Joseph made it 14 to nothing. Actually, no, I think that made it 14 to 3. Thanks to Fox Sports for that highlight of the Dalvin Cook touchdown. At that point, Jonathan Harrison, it seemed like it was going to be a runaway victory for the Minnesota Vikings, but... We all know too well that that's just not how the Minnesota Vikings operate. They so seldomly make things easy on themselves. They so seldomly win games easily. But doesn't matter. They win the game. They're 4 and 1. Your overall impressions not on just yesterday, John. I think the last time we talked was 
maybe preseason for the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Your overall thoughts on the Minnesota Vikings 4-1 and one start. And I should point out, you are still heavily tied in to the Minnesota Vikings thanks to some other sports and media-related work you do here in the Twin Cities, which you can talk about, by the way. 4-1, uh, and one, though, your, your overall take to start the season for the Vikings. Yeah, it's been sloppy, but as... Matthew Collar always says, or has been starting to say, you don't have to apologize for being 4-1. and one. You are 4-1. and one. You are one of the best teams in the NFC right now, record-wise. Play-wise, eh, no one's really separating themselves in the NFC other than the Eagles. So, at this point, who cares how it looks? You're 4-1. and one. You're getting bounces to go your way, which you didn't get last year. Uh, excuse the baby noises in the background here. Uh, you're, getting, you're getting bounces to go your way, which you didn't last year, and that's why last year was what it was, and that's why everything in the offseason happened the way it did. This year, the players are taking those bounces, and they are happy with them. They know they have things to work on. There's always plenty to work on, and I'll take 4-1 and one over 1-4 one and four any day of the week. Yeah, me too, and you know myself. I've been very critical of Kirk Cousins. I think you have. I think uh, Matthew Collar has. I think pretty much everybody involved with Score North has been hypercritical of Kirk Cousins. With that, I will say, at least speaking for me, if you're going to be critical of him when things don't go well, I think you need to give him praise when he does do things well. And irregardless of how you get there, he has led the team down the field in the fourth quarter, three straight weeks in a row, to make the team 4-1. and one. I do believe eventually the offense will become a more well-oiled machine I don't know if I believe that because I trust Kevin O'Connell. I have no reason to trust Kevin O'Connell at this point. We, we just don't know. I'm basing that on there's still way too much talent on the offensive side of the ball. You have one of the best, if not the best, wide receivers in football. You have one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in football. You have a quarterback who, again, it's up for debate if he's great, but we all know he's really good. The offensive line is finally adequate. So I trust all of that to come together. I'm heavily worried about the defense for a few reasons, John. One, I I don't like using this word a lot. As I've gotten older, I've tried to curb using this word. I hate the defensive scheme. I think the scheme is <laughs> stupid. I think it prevents you from winning, even though the team's 4-1. and one. I also think when you look at the roster makeup, the Vikings' best players on defense outside of maybe Hold Me Closer Cameron Dantzler are all, <laughs> are all on the backside of their careers. Yeah. So you have that lined up with yesterday. My joke on the Twitter machine, oh, good for me, follow me at Brendel Ross, was it's really tough to cover wide receivers and tight ends when the game's being played in Minneapolis, but they're all lined up in St. Paul. Yes. I, I just think the, the scheme is, uh, look, I mean, there's still time for it to get worked out, and there's still plenty of time for it to get better, and maybe it's growing pains. I just, yesterday was not the day to sit back and let a quarterback who, all year long has been uncomfortable. Yesterday was not the day to let a quarterback sit and get comfortable, and they did that. And don't mess around with trying to win a game. When you're winning a game, kick somebody when they're down. And yes, the mm-hmm. offense played a part in that, but the defense played a pretty big part in that too. So very classic long-winded Ross right there, but I'm very <laughs> disgusted's not the right word, but it's just it's close enough. Yeah, the, the defense is really annoying. It's just annoying right now. Is that coming from a place of just wanting this defense to be better this season or coming from a place where the last, 
what, six seasons under Mike Zimmer, barring, you know, forget last year. The previous, what, six, seven seasons under Mike Zimmer, this team had one of the most consistently good defenses in the league. So we come from a place this year of having what seemed like a pretty good, pretty lockdown defense, other than last year, obviously. But it it does seem like there's a little bit of that. But also, yes, I do very much agree with you that this defense, the bend but don't break thing, is, you know, they're holding on for dear life. They're they're holding on for their dear lives at this point. They are relying on these big plays to happen late in games. Uh, Cam Dantzler coming up with the strip on Amir Smith-Marset. Uh, Cam Dantzler once again in in London coming up with a really key uh, pass breakup. And Patrick Peterson doing the same. And it's just, it's relying on these big plays too often that at some point that's going to regress. And this defense is going to come back to normal. The points and the yardage, Stats are going to come back towards the middle, and you really hope it's not towards uh, in favor of where that yardage is going instead of points. Because right now, they're they're not allowing a whole lot of points, but they're allowing a lot of yardage. I think where it comes from is uh, the Vikings certainly do not have to apologize for winning. I've been saying that as well. You should never apologize for winning. But I think where some of the disgruntledness, distaste for the defense, I think where some of that comes in, I don't think the Vikings are going to keep winning games like this offensively. Yeah. It's going to be some, you're going to play some better teams where it's going to be tough to, you're not going to come from behind every time and have that perfect drive and score the game winning touchdown and then win every time. That's not going to happen. Eventually the defense is going to need to step up and play good throughout an entire game. So you can beat some of the better teams when you see them or hack the goal for this team is to get to a super bowl and win a super bowl. The way this defense is currently playing, and I would say the same about the offense, but it's more about the defense, mm-hmm. it's not capable of winning a Super Bowl. It's no. it's kind of a hollow 4-1, John. So when you're looking at that 4-1, how do you improve upon it? It starts with the defense. It, it really it really does. It just It has to start getting better. I was hopeful that against the Bears on Sunday, that would be the game where you at least played well, and it wasn't going to be a true barometer because we know the Bears' offense isn't good. But at least maybe you would play well and it would be a good building block. I'm still waiting for the building block game. Maybe yeah, and I don't against Miami. Maybe. I don't know where that's going to come, though, because you look at this defense. You've mentioned it. All the Basically basically all the starters, they're all at the, uh, the wrong end of their career. So those guys aren't going to develop into suddenly world beaters. The guys that are on the... Uh, are on the other end of their career, on the good end, they're either injured or they're at, they've been in the league long enough where you're like, okay, yes, this is going to be what they are. They're not going to really improve. So you don't have – it doesn't feel like you have a whole lot of growing to do with this defense. It seems like these are the parts that you have, and you just got to find a way to wake it, find a way to make it work at Donatel. And through five games, they haven't really done that. Like I said, they've gotten lucky plenty of times over the first five games. But it doesn't feel like there's a lot of whole, there's a whole lot of growing left to do on this current roster defensively. And cast space wise, they don't have any space to bring anybody in to help them improve. This podcast, Minnesota Sports Chat, is taking the stance, John Harrison. I still think we have to call him Ed because he only has two letters in his first name. We can't really call him E, but we are yeah, going to start weird. calling him Onatel because there is no D in Donatel. So we're going to go with Ed Onatel. Until I feel like we're in a in a better place defensively. Okay, so <laughs> trade deadline in the NFL, John, the last year or two, it's picked up a bit because they yeah. moved it later into the season. You do see a few more trades. 
I'd never be opposed to making a trade. There's never really going to be a blockbuster trade, but you you might make some some depth. Well, unless you're the Bills trying to trade for Ed, or Christian McCaffrey. Well, yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> um, okay, but what, realistically, if you're the Vikings, what would you bring in? Do you maybe bring in another true or developed tight end, that different regime? They tried that last year. That worked out well. You could say, well, maybe you bring in a cornerback or another safety because you're not going to see Lewis seen all year, and maybe you need some more depth there. But again, I would argue, will that really make much of a difference if the scheme stays the same? I, I'm just, I'm not sure. But we are getting to that point in the year, John. You'll start to see a trade or two, and I, I wonder if the Vikings will be actively engaged in some talks to make some improvements. Yeah, I don't see them making a trade offensively unless they just want to go completely just outscoring everybody, and that's their only way of winning, which has worked so far. But how long can you rely on Kirk Cousins to do that? He has played well this season, uh, but I don't know that he can be relied upon to be the let's-just-go-outscore-everybody type of offense. So it'd have to be defensively, but I don't know who's out there that's going to be available at cornerback that could help you realistically. Probably the best spot would most likely be defensive line, interior defensive line, just to get a little bit of pressure from that spot, which they haven't gotten a whole lot this season. So I finding a defensive partner is going to be difficult. But as you said, it has picked up, which I do like. I love trades in all sports. And seeing the NFL finally come around to that is nice to see. But also getting a defensive player into your system and getting him acclimated real quickly in the NFL is always incredibly difficult, so that's always the risk you take. Final one on the Vikings has the, well, not has, I think we know the hot Greg Joseph summer has now turned into a bit of a cool Greg Joseph fall. How much blame do you put on him for missing 50-yard field goals or having them blocked? Old Ross would say, I don't put much, anything beyond 45. It's I wouldn't say it's a crapshoot, but it's significantly harder. However, now that he's missing almost every 50-yarder, I would just try and shy away from kicking them at this point. Fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, he went, what, four for four, five for five in London the previous week? So having one bad game doesn't really take away from the fact that he had an outstanding game and probably won you the game against the Saints in London. So I'll give him that. I'll give him a I think I think a lot of this this angst about Greg Joseph missing these 50 yarders that I've seen quite a bit today is coming from the place of Minnesota sports fans not liking kickers and our traumatic history with kickers. So I think there's there's probably a little bit of cool down needed uh on that standpoint, but at this point, you've got Justin Jefferson, you've got Dalvin Cook, you've got Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne. You've got the pieces offensively that you don't really need to take and rely on having Greg Joseph take those 50-yarders. Why not just keep going for it if it's fourth and short? Just keep yeah. doing that. you got enough weapons, I would say, score touchdowns. I would say this on Greg Joseph. If you go back three weeks, he did miss two 50-yarders. I think they are 56-yarders. So, again, how much stock do you really put into that? And then last week, albeit special teams player of the week, he did miss an extra point, and I get it. They're 31 yards now. But missed extra points just absolutely can't happen. If you're going to miss the extra point, then just go for two. By and large, I'm okay with Greg. I would say, like you you allured to, allured to, alluded Alluded to, to. thank you, that's the word I'm looking for. (laughs) Vikings fans are naturally always going to be terrified of the kicker. Mm-hmm. So my confidence has never been super high, but it has waned in the last month. It just it, it has, but I, I I mean, again, kickers are like quarterbacks. You have five or five to seven rock stars, then you have about ten guys who are just guys, and then you have ten to twelve teams always rotating through kickers. Ask the Cardinals about going through kickers, how their day went. 
yesterday trying to at least tie a game <laughs> late. Okay, John Bob does the pre and post match for Minnesota United. We're going to get there in just moments. Hopefully, Minnesota United for their late start in about a week is well caffeinated. If they're not, they need to talk to my friends at Beans Coffee Company. They're more than just about providing that fresh, great tasting coffee. They're also about convenience. I've been telling you that for weeks now. Here's what I need you to do. Go to coffeebybeans.com. Just go there. You don't have to click on anything. You don't have to buy anything. Just go to coffeebybeans.com. Take a look at all of their wonderful blends. Once you do that, I guarantee you're going to want to try something. While you're there, sign up for a coffee subscription. So simple. Subscriptions can be set up in one to eight week intervals. They can be customized by your favorite blend. Don't forget to use the promo code SPORTSCHAT at checkout to save a little cash. Subscription's not your thing. That's not a problem. You can order by the bag, too. Beans Coffee Company, they ship anywhere in the United States. Free shipping on all orders of three bags or more. Coffeebybeans.com. Coffeebybeans.com. Promo code SPORTSCHAT. Well, we can't have the big-time pre- and post-match show guy on without talking a little Minnesota United. John, don't despise me for this. I'm going to play a highlight. It's not you. It's not Dan Terhar. It's another man you're very close to, and it has everything to do with me and not you. I don't know how to use the system where I could have pulled the radio audio. So I you're mean, stuck. You could have just asked, man. I probably could have, but I, I didn't pull this until about three minutes before you hopped. Until you hopped on this podcast. So here you get Let our buddy. You get our buddy. Ga- uh, our buddy. I almost called him Hal. You get our buddy Cal from Valley Sports North. Four more years. Four more years. Fourth year in a row, the Minnesota United make the playoffs. Sunday was decision day across the MLS. John loves decision day. I'll make him recap to everybody what that actually means for those of you who aren't super soccer fans. Loons needed to win or draw over Vancouver to qualify for the postseason. As you just heard, they did just that, winning 2 to nothing at Allianz. They're the sixth seed in the West. They'll take on FC Dallas next Monday night at 8.30. You'll hear John Bob a part of that call on 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com, and that Score North mobile app. John Bob, how will actually first tell everybody about uh, Decision Day and why you love it so much. And uh, this year, Major League Baseball tried stealing it, but they had no drama the final day of the season. Yeah, base, leave it to baseball to try and steal a young man's sports and thing. They, and they screw it up. <laughs> yep, and they screw it up. Decision Day is one of the best things that American sports has going for it right now. It is where teams across both conferences, the Eastern and Western Conference, all play their games at the same time. So there's two different time slots across Major League Soccer, the Eastern Conference time uh, slot and the Western Conference time slot. And it's made that way because they want maximum chaos on the final day uh, because nothing is ever settled. Well, mostly nothing is ever settled on decision or by decision day. And that's how it was perfectly set up. 
uh, this weekend where there was two spots left in the Western Conference and there was four teams still available to lock up a playoff spot and all four of those teams were playing each other. You had Rail Salt Lake and Portland Timbers uh, facing each other, both teams needing to get a win to get in and you had Minnesota and Vancouver needing a win to get in. Minnesota and Portland were the two teams that were in the playoffs. Portland or Vancouver and Rail Salt Lake were the two teams out of the playoffs and for the second season running, uh, Rail Salt Lake get a win on the final day to get into the playoffs. Minnesota get a win uh, to stay in the playoff race, uh, as it were. So it, I love Decision Day. It is one of the funnest things. It's my favorite broadcast of the year because I have three different screens going all at the same time, watching all the games that Minnesota were affected by because Minnesota went into yesterday's Decision Day. They could have placed either fourth, which is a home playoff game, or they could have dropped all the way down to ninth, which is out of the playoffs. So it was a magical day, a magical 90 minutes of broadcasting. So, John, you go back about a month, and you mentioned uh, the United could have potentially had a home playoff game. But you go back about a month, they were comfortably in home playoff position to the point, if things broke right, maybe they never would have left Allianz Field. Who knows? What happened in a month's time to almost miss the playoffs, but then what happened on Sunday for the team to get that win and qualify for the playoffs? So what happened was, and I don't think they want to admit that this was as big of a loss as it was, but Bakai Debasi, one of their center backs, got injured for the season and probably most of next season with a pretty, pretty brutal injury that he got. And it kind of affected how the defense played. You had Brent Coleman, who's not normally your regular starter. Uh, he came in as a full-time starter now in place of Akai Debasi alongside Michael Boxel as a center back pairing. And for some reason, it just didn't work right away. There was growing pains with that with that pair, even though they played together a number of times over the past six years as the Minnesota center back pairing. But it just, it for some reason, it never got going. There was always defensive woes, and those kind of creeped into the rest of the team where... Uh, for the months of July and August, this team was the hottest team in the entire league. They had they had gathered the most points in that amount of games in the entire league, and it looked like they couldn't be stopped. It looked like the goal scoring was just going to continue to flow. But as soon as the defensive warts popped up again, uh, all of a sudden there became, it seemed, doubt, and there became less confidence in the way the team played. And... What happened yesterday to stop their six-match winless run was that the defense got itself together, got its act together. That defense played an incredible game. Brent Coleman himself had an outstanding game. He's on the MLS Team of the Week this week. Uh, Dane St. Clair had six saves on the afternoon, just stonewalling Vancouver Whitecaps, who had won three games prior to yesterday, and all three of those games were against teams that were already in the playoffs. So this is a that was a Vancouver team that came in yesterday red hot and confident that they would beat Minnesota and get into the playoffs and sneak in on the last day just like they did last year. So Minnesota had their work cut out for them, but that defense absolutely stood tall. They stopped every single attack that Vancouver had. The closest they had uh the closest chance that Vancouver ever had was a, a play that started offside already. So uh the way Minnesota defensively played yesterday is very encouraging. It's something that Dan, AJ, and I talked about, have talked about quite a few, quite a few times on the Loon Talk podcast, was that was one thing we needed to see going into the playoffs, whether they win or draw, was a good defensive performance, and they got it yesterday, and that makes me a whole lot more confident in this team going into the playoffs. 
The Loon Talk podcast also available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so you're a bit more confident. How confident are you? Nobody can guarantee that this team is going to make a run. You can't guarantee that about anybody, even the number one seeds on both sides. That's why they play the games. But how confident are you that they could go on some sort of run and maybe they could make it to a Western Conference Finals again? Or heck, maybe they could win the MLS Cup. How confident are you in this group that, I'll phrase it to you this way, percent chance that this team could make it to the Western Conference Finals? If you had to put a percent chance on it. Let's just go with Conference Finals. I'll go 30% right now. I think, I'm feeling pretty confident because and most you look fans the, would take that. That's yeah, a, that's a good absolutely. percentage. You take you look at the route they have to go through. Uh, they start off next Monday night, 8:30 p.m. kickoff, 8 p.m. pre-match show on 1500 ESPN. Score North Mobile app and live.1500ESPN.com with yours truly. God, uh, you're good. <laughs> uh, you look against FC Dallas. That's a team that they've beat several times in the past. They went down there earlier this season to Dallas, and they got their first ever win in Dallas this season. They are three matches unbeaten in a row in Dallas. So it's not a place that they are uncomfortable in. They've gone down there and done it before, and Dallas has a first-year head coach, and they've got a very young roster. That gives them a little bit of confidence that they can just do whatever they want, and uh, they are good enough attacking-wise that that is going to be a tough test for the Minnesota defense that has, as we've talked about, struggled for the past month but had one good game yesterday. Hopefully they can ride that into the playoffs. But defensively, they're not the best. Minnesota can take advantage of that with the attacking pieces they have. Uh, they've got Luis Amaria, Emmanuel Reynoso, Robin Lud, Franco Fragapane. All these guys are really good attacking uh, players. Emmanuel Reynoso is widely considered the best uh, playmaker in all of the league. So Minnesota has that ability in their bag, and they've done it before. They've gone on runs where they've had to play on the road for playoff games, and they've gone on a run to the Western Conference Finals, whereas Dallas, they haven't done that. They haven't gone on the runs. This current roster hasn't done that. They've been, they've made a couple of trades in the season and the off, the last offseason to bring this roster together, and it's worked out well, but it's all about that playoff experience, and this Dallas roster doesn't really have that. They missed the playoffs last year, so it'll be interesting to see how this Dallas roster does in the playoffs this year. Walk me through the environment on Sunday at Allianz. What was Were the fans on pins and needles until the first goal? Was it a bit of nervous energy? I got to imagine it felt like a playoff game. Walk walk me through that. Because essentially it was a playoff game. So walk me through that. What was it like on Sunday at Allianz? That was one of the best atmospheres we've had at Allianz in a very long time. I mean, they oversold it. Uh, there were standing room tickets for the last week that were upwards of $70 just for a standing room only ticket. So there was plenty of people that wanted to go. They beat the previous uh, all-time attendance record at Allianz Field by two people. So we'll take that as a win as well. Uh It was awesome. It was the loudest it's been. That place was rocking from the get-go. The atmosphere, the chants, they were all going. The and there was a coordinated blackout where where fans were told wear black and uh, the 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 loons wore black as well. So it was all black. Everything on uh, on Sunday and that place was ready. I mean, once the first goal went in. The atmosphere intensified even more from the fans. They got more into it. The second half is where it got a little tricky. That's where I got a little bit concerned because all of a sudden, the chants weren't there. There was a little bit of nervousness in the crowd. You could feel it a little bit. 
And that felt to me, the Minnesota sports fan coming out, we're like, okay, we, we've all been here before where we've been on the precipice of success, but then something just randomly goes wrong. But as soon as Jonathan Gonzalez scored the goal in the 77th minute, all of a sudden everybody in the stadium clicked on again, and it was a party atmosphere from there on out. I'm a big Real Salt Lake fan this playoff run, and you want to know why? Because you like saying Real? Well, I like to call them Real Salt Lake. But uh, Real (laughs) is fun to say. But for Real, here's why I'm cheering for Real Salt Lake. I would love to see your six-seeded loons host the seven-seeded Real Salt Lake, whatever we call them, for a chance to go to the MLS Cup. Never say Uh, never, in the words of the great Canadian philosopher Justin Bieber. Well, sorry to break your heart. Oh, it can't happen? uh, Not in the Western Conference Finals. Why not? In the next round, it could. Because the next round, that's Minnesota okay. plays the winner of yeah, Austin versus Real Salt Lake. That's right. Dang it. But, but Real Salt Lake have gone on runs before. They went on a run last year where, as I said earlier, they snuck into the playoffs on the last day and they used just incredible defensive performances to go on a run to the Western Conference Finals. So that's not a Salt Lake team that anyone, anyone should take for granted because that's a team that defensively can stand tall. They won a game in the playoffs last year where they didn't have a single shot on target. I don't think they had a single shot on goal in the first, in the regulation time, and they took it all the way to penalties to get a win. You should be proud of me that I'm growing in a soccer fan and my soccer watching, at least when it comes to the MLS, that the moment you opened your mouth to start correcting me, I realized the error of my ways. <laughs> so I should I should get, you know, uh, a hat along. tip or something. I, I, I'm getting there. I, you know, I made it out to a few Loons games this year. One, thanks to you. I watched a fair amount. I watched a good amount yesterday. And I don't care who it is. A few years ago, the Loons had a chance to do it, to break through and at least get to a championship game, championship series, or maybe win one. If it's them, I don't care who it is. One of these five major sports teams needs to break through, and once one of them breaks through, I think another one or two might within a relative time period. I'm not saying they'll all happen at the same time, but I think once one breakthroughs, maybe it'll make it a little bit easier for everybody else. Who knows? Okay, I'll end with this. Give me your MLS uh, championship prediction, and and I'm not going to let you take the easy way out. I know you think the Loons are going to win it, and if you don't, you're going to say that anyways because you're being paid to. So I'm going (laughs) to I'm going to I'm going to take that one out for you. Okay, I'm going to tell you, Minnesota United, John G. and the Minnesota United group. Don't get mad at him. I'm telling him he can't choose the United. Who's going to win the cup? Well, I mean, I'm going to use the same rule that I use on Loon Talk that Dan and I use on Loon Talk. Uh, Dan and I are paid by the team, yes, but we are paid for the three hours of work for the broadcast that we do. After that, we're fair game. So when we podcast for Loon Talk, we are paid by Score North. We are not paid by the team, so we can talk and say whatever we want. We have free reign to say it, so I'm going to use that rule here. Uh, I think the MLS Cup winner this year will be Philadelphia. They've got the highest goals scored, and they've got the lowest goals allowed this season. They are on an absolute tear over the last couple months. They've had, I think, four or five games over the last month where they've scored six-plus goals in a single match, and they've had a number. They've had, I think they set the record this year for most amount of clean sheets kept in a single season. So that's a team defensively that you are not going to score on. They're going to host every single game in the Eastern Conference, and that's a very weak Eastern Conference. uh, I think Philadelphia is going to go on a run in the Eastern Conference, get to the playoffs, and they're going to host MLS Cup in Philadelphia, which 
good luck to any team going there in the middle of November uh, with the MLS Cup on the line. So whoever gets out of the Western Conference, I don't know who it'll be. It's it's a toss-up between a couple different teams. I think LAFC are up there for the best chance, but they have always struggled in single elimination knockout tournaments for some reason. That is a club with all the talent in the world. But as soon as tournament time comes around, they just crumble for whatever reason. So I don't have faith in them to do it. So then it's just a matter of who's going to take advantage of that and who's going to come out of the Western Conference. I don't know. I'd like to think it's Minnesota because they've they've gone on runs before. And why not? What better time to do it than now? Why not us? Why, why not, not us? us? I want to give you props on the way out the door. You waited till the very final few moments of the podcast to mix in my favorite soccerism soccer term you know how much i love the clean sheet term <laughs> and not it's a, it's a glorious term and not just because i washed my bed sheets yesterday First also in... oh months <laughs> no i'm just no i'm just joking i'm a big fan of making sure you have clean sheets every week Every week, it's got to be hey, done. Minnesota got their first one since July, so <laughs> also months starting now. <laughs> also months for yes. them. John, you're the best. Where, where are you at on the Twitter machine? At John Harrison ninety J O N H A R R I S O N. And the 90-0. pre and post match show for fifteen hundred ESPN, fifteen hundred ESPN.com, and the Score North mobile app. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. It's been fun. Oh, I love that kid. John, I call him kid. I've known him since he was a kid. But then again, I was roughly probably a kid at the time. Good, good, good man. Good kid. That'll do it for the 134th edition of Minnesota Sports Chat. Seriously, thank you so much for listening. Please tell your friends and family all about this pod. Please rate and review kindly. And I'll be back later this week in this very same feed with Daniel House It's basically a borderline Big Ten West elimination game for the Gophers. We'll preview that a little bit later on this week in this feed. We'll talk again real soon. Thanks for listening.